Welcome to the Soybean Pod, brought to you by South Dakota soybean farmers and their checkoff. I'm Tom Stever, discussing the incredible soybean, the people who grow it, and why that crop is so important. As Tim Ostrom neared the end of nine years on the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff Board, he went to Chile to show appreciation for their purchase of U.S. soybean meal. In this edition of the Soybean Pod, we'll talk about that mission and about his service to South Dakota soybean growers. Well, I'm Tim Ostrom, finishing up my service to the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff Board as a director and recently had the opportunity to take a trade mission trip to Chile, South America. Tim, what was the purpose of the mission down there? Well, we in South Dakota and the upper Midwest are excited for the opportunities to have more processing in our state at the Mitchell plant when that gets built. And also we already have AGP up and running up in Aberdeen and we're producing more soybean meal than we ever have before. So we're looking for new opportunities to sell our soybean meal. AGP was able to sell three cargoes of soybean meal to Chile for the first time out of the P&W. And we were really excited about that. And so we wanted to take that opportunity to go down and meet the purchasers of that soybean meal personally and thank them for it. And also to meet with other companies in Chile that are producing salmon, pork or chicken or whatever meal needs that there are that we wanted to be up in front of them, meet them and see what opportunities we can serve the farmers in South Dakota in the future selling our soybean. What's been the history with Chile? Chile is a very vibrant country in South America. They have a very good economy. They have about 19.8 million people, of which over half of them live in Santiago. So they're mostly an urban country with lots of mountains and lots of snow on those mountains. That's where they get their water because otherwise they're fairly dry. And so they don't produce a lot of crops in Chile. And what they do, they usually use that for human consumption, for corn chips and the like. They don't raise soybeans there. So there's a great opportunity for all this livestock production to be imported from potentially the U.S. Right now, they get a lot of it from Argentina and Brazil. So what is your impression of what went on there during this mission? What did you accomplish, Tim? Well, we went to the port that that soybean meal came into. We were able to get on the ship and see some of the ways that they handle their imports, how they unload the ship and how they get it onto the trucks and haul to the farms where they needed. And we met the people at the port. We met the person that actually purchased the soybean meal at the port. He was there. He works for Agrisupra is the name of the company that bought the soybean meal. I wanted to make that relationship known. We went to their headquarters where they actually process all the hogs that they raise. They're all vertically integrated. They farrow, they raise and finish the hogs, they process the hogs, and then they market the meat in local grocery stores and feature them in the stores. And so it's a vibrant economy for the livestock down there, and we're excited to try to be part of that. What's your impression of what kind of headway you made in a trade relationship with Chile? Well, 
we met with the company headquarters people and they were excited to see us. They were excited to actually see the farmers from the states that produce the soybeans. We invited them and they will be coming up to the P&W to see that and come to the Midwest. So we're getting that relationship built up. We also met with other companies in Chile that are doing the same thing as far as vertically integrated processing and also some retailers that buy imported meat. They import the meat and then they take it into their stores and sell it. So we also met with some of those people. It's just building those relationships, making us available for them if they have any questions about how we raise our soybeans. See, I would think, Tim, that Brazil or Argentina would be the logical choice for a soybean import by Chile. Can you shed a little light on that, why they would perhaps take a more positive view of the U.S. as a supplier rather than Brazil or Argentina? Well, Argentina did have a short crop last year of soybean meal, and so their demand had to either come from Brazil for the most part or other sources. Luckily, AGP was able to get their foot in the door with some of these companies, especially AgriSupra. They said, you know what, we can make this work. So they made the sale. That's the kind of the relationship we've had. But once you made that relationship, once you made that sale, now that foretells maybe future sales going forward. They don't always look at just Argentina and Brazil as their only way of getting soybean meal. They can get it other places. And we can do it quickly out of the PNW. And so we're trying to feature that facility that we have with AGP out there. I understand also that they're impressed with the sustainability of U.S. soybeans. Yes, that was another thing. One of the companies was telling us about how they borrow their money from a company that has ESG requirements in their lending in order to get a lower interest rate. And part of that ESG requirements is is that they can get soybeans more sustainably grown. And we in the United States can meet that sustainability requirement much easier than what Brazil can. So there's an edge there that we had an advantage that we have that we want to feature and take advantage of. Tim, you're uh, ending your run as a director on the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff. What are your thoughts as you uh, retire from the board? Well, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to serve on the checkoff board. I always tried to make decisions based on what I thought other farmers would think would be a good use of our checkoff funds. We take that money and work with other states whenever we could, like in research and and also with trading with USEC, that we combine our checkoff dollars together to make the biggest efficiency of that research or that trade negotiation that needs to be done. I'm just excited for the future of soybean growth in the United States and in South Dakota, and we'll be passing it on to another farmer to make his choices going forward, what he thinks is the best way to spend that valuable checkoff dollar. What have you learned in these nine years on the board for the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff? What are you taking away from that experience? The... Various ways the checkoff is involved, whether it's in the export of meat, whether it's an export of soybeans itself, whether it's the communication that we need to do to send out to the public about what we as farmers are doing and how we're sustainable and the value that 
that Chekhov can add to the bottom line of us farmers here on the land. Let's get to know your operation a little bit more as you leave the board. Tell me about your farming operation. I was fortunate to be able to farm my mother's farm because she was an only child. So we have that farm and we have the original Ostrom farm. So we have the family history of both lines of Nelson and Ostrom. And we hope to continue farming those in the future. My nephew is farming full time. And my kids are helping me whenever they can farm some of the land that I operate. We raise corn and soybeans, and I do have some irrigation. And that's what I was actually doing this morning. I was out taking care of irrigators. Uh huh. So tell me about the year that you're having and how grateful you are for that irrigation. Well, as anybody in this area of the state knows, the southeast corner of the state for the last two years has been on the low side of precip, and we continue to be that way yet, even in this year, 2023. A few spots do catch rains, but there's never been any general soaking rains in the whole corner of this state. And so we're farming in a deficit. So having irrigation does help fill the gaps, but irrigation is still not the same as a good rain. A good rain is what we really need. I'm sure you probably watch the weekly drought monitor, but it seems like, and this would be in an area where you are, of course, it seems like that area is the most severe for a lack of precipitation in South Dakota. Yep. One thing that has changed as far as the whole state, though, the western and central part of the state have actually caught some fairly good rain. So it's been for the economy of South Dakota and the rest of their farmers and ranchers in that part of the state. They're looking rather good as far as moisture levels. It just seems to be the southeast corner that is in that severe drought area. And so far, it still continues that way. Tim, even though you're leaving your position as a director on the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff, you're part of the United Soybean Board. You're a director from South Dakota on that board. Describe your experience in that regard. So after being able to serve on the local level in South Dakota, an opportunity for a director that was termed off on USB, just like I'm termed off on the South Dakota board, There was an open slot, and I applied for that opening and was able to get it a year and a half ago. And so I am just basically getting started with my service to USB, and those are also three three three-year terms. So I will be running again possibly in a year and a half. But right now I'm focused on trying to catch up to what USB does in how they do it as compared to how South Dakota operates, which are very similar. We have the same rules, but... The approach can still be a little bit different. Tim Ostrom of Centerville, South Dakota, is a past director of the South Dakota Soybean Checkoff. The Soybean Pod, available wherever you get your podcasts, is brought to you by South Dakota Soybean Farmers and their Checkoff. I'm Tom Stever. <laughs>